With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith They bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- tr- Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Ha <laughs> ha. Welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. I'm in the building, y'all. Intercom. Excited about today. I got a good friend of mine, also one of the best coaches out here on the West Coast. Friday matchup shows. Best interview to come for the season. State championship game ready. I got Mr. Nate Kenyon, assistant defensive backs coach at De La House, De La Salle High School. What up, Kenyon? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate you. No doubt, man. I know you're back for more on Transparent Truth. You've been on here before. Good to have you back, my man. Uh, yes, Want di- to dive right in, big dog. Big state championship game. And yeah. De La Salle coming back to SoCal. Was this three years in a row? Four years in a row? How many years in a row is it that you guys have been in a state title game? Uh, been in a state title game? Shit, every year since it's been back on, well, I think we're the only team that's been in it every year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's, you know, every year you guys have been to the state championship game, but you're coming back to SoCal this yeah. year. This is your third year in a row, correct? Uh, Yeah, not two. This will be second. Yeah, second year uh, coming back. Okay. Coming back to SoCal. And so the last two, you know, state championship games, you guys have lost, you know, to modern day. They've had two loaded teams. And, you know, what do you, what'd you guys take from those games, just kind of as a staff and as a team? Um, well, as you said, I mean, you know, really, I mean, we lost the last three in a row. Um, the, that one before the two modern day ones being the Bosco. Um, so, you know, for us, it's, it's really our takeaway coming out of those games and coming into this one is, you know, um, those teams were 
obviously loaded just like every year down there. I mean, with those two groups of teams, I mean, um, so, you know, uh, for us, I would say the biggest thing for us has been turnovers, though. I mean, I want to say in the last three years, we've had 18, 20 turnovers in the last three games that we played in the state. Right. Um, right. And probably 90% of those unforced, you know, like just us being careless with the ball and, and having bad mistakes, you know. Um, you know, last year, um, I think we had more of a chance than any of the other years as far as at least making it a, a little more competitive, which it was. Um, and, uh, but we killed ourselves with turnovers in, in, timely, in timely times, you know, where we couldn't have stuff like that happen. So, you know, that's one thing that we've been stressing this whole year, you know, to our kids, um, you know, is that we can't turn the ball over to, to even have a chance, you know, um, at the end, you know, as far as everything goes. But um, I would say this, you know, over the course of the last three years, I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of we're in a lot of positions we haven't been in the past. We have some guys that um, are a lot are a lot better um, and, and match up a lot better in this type of game. You know, out here in Southern California, and I guess nationally, the De La Salle has a reputation of being, you know, extremely organized, very disciplined. And when you talk about turnovers, that is not a characteristic that you would associate a De La Salle program. But why do you think turnovers have been such a problem over the course of the last three to four years in the state title game? Um, I think, you know, for, for us, I mean, we know, you know, like through going back three years ago, um, that, that group that we had, you know, just, you know, was like kind of what you said, just an uncharacteristic group, uh, you know, in general. I mean, we were uh, extremely young. Um, we had a lot of a lot of guys that were playing that, you know, typically on, on, on other teams may not have been um, in the positions they were in. Um, you know, we had to fill in uh, the quarterback uh, role, um, you know, with guys that were other positions. We didn't necessarily have a quarterback. Quarterback, you know, last year we did. Um, you know, and he, he was actually a kid who, as a sophomore last year that I thought played well in the state game. And the year before that, he actually got in in the state game as a freshman, you know, due to um, how the game was getting out of hand. And we were like, you know, let's try some other guys, you know. So, uh, you know, I would say, honestly, though, the, the reasoning behind probably the turnovers mostly is, you know, um, and not making excuses, but the last three years in a row, our best player has uh, gotten hurt. You know, we had two dudes playing on broken foot, um, you know, uh, that first Bosco game, you know, and then last year, Henry Toa broke his foot in the walkthrough the day before the game, just cutting, you know, so, I mean, you have, you know, instances and stuff like that that kind of plays factors in, you know, our star running back is at San Jose State now. I mean, he was involved in probably about eight turnovers in the course of his, you know, two of his years, in two of his years uh, in the state game. And, um, you know, one year he was playing with back spasms, other years playing with a broken foot, you know. And like I said, not to make excuses, but those definitely play factors into to what's happening, you know. No question about it. So, the, you know, the past is the past, and we know that De La Salle has struggled over the last three years, um, He, you know, playing SoCal teams for the state title. But let's look at this year. Let's talk about this year's De La Salle team. If if I had to ask you, okay, give me two standouts on each side of the ball. Who would those players be, and why will they be successful? You know, this year in the state title game versus St. John Bosco. See what's good about what's good about it. Like you asking that question, and me sitting here going through like ripping through my head, is I can think of multiple guys that I can say that I can speak to. Um, you know, in that way right now. Okay, go last ahead. Last year. 
You know, last year I could probably only think of two or three, you know, uh, total. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, like on offense, I would say our quarterback is definitely going to be a huge piece of this game. I mean, you know, obviously you're you're as good as your trigger. I mean, everybody knows that. That's the game of football. Um, so our quarterback is going to be a big piece of this game. Um, you know, he's a kid who's had a good, really good year for us, you know, and been able to do a lot. So we're definitely going to depend on him uh, holding up his end of the bargain in this game. And then probably, uh, to me, yeah, one of the more dynamic kids in the state, period, on either side of the ball. Um, you know, excluding nobody, you know, uh, Samar Garrick, you know, he's definitely going to be a big factor for us. You know, he could just do so much. He's so, he has such good speed and everything else. I mean, yeah, you know, we need those two to definitely hold up their end of the bargain. Um, and like I said, the good, the good part is, we got another running back next one that's good. We got receivers, you know, so we got other guys where they can't just say, all right, we take those two away, we're good, you know. So, But those two are definitely on the offensive side. Those are guys, you know. They got to play well. On the defensive side, I'll flip over, um, and I will put our, our whole D-line as one, you know what I'm saying? Like our D-line has to play well, uh, which they have all year so far. Um, and then I would say past that either – um, I would say Shamar is probably going to have to, you know, double up on that side of the ball again. And if, if not him, then I would say uh, our junior corner, uh, Lou, Lou Hearns, is going to have to have a good game too. Absolutely. So you guys have had a, a national matchup already this season. You guys opened up this season playing St. Thomas Aquinas. You yeah. lost 24 to 14, but by yeah. all accounts, you guys were very competitive in that game, and the game came down to the fourth quarter. What did you, what, how has De La, how has De LaSalle improved since that St. Thomas Aquinas game? Yeah, I think that game was huge for us. I mean, you know, on one side of it, I think as coaches, we kind of knew what we had as, as, as players. Um, you know, but I don't think the players really knew what they had as far as, you know, in themselves. So I think coming out of that game, you know, our kids knew, like, especially watching film, we saw areas that we could have took, taken better advantage of and could have had a, a different outcome. You know, just like anybody who watches film typically after a game. But walking away from that game, I think, you know, we definitely were able to attack areas that we needed to attack and clean up positions we needed to clean up. And uh, I think throughout the year, you know, the team gelled and got better and better each week, um, you know, leading up to this week, you know. And I think that, like I said, games like that early in the season, I mean, they do a lot for you in, in, in the long run because, like I said, I mean, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas has been blowing everybody's doors out since that game. And, you know, obviously, I want to say the best football gets played in California. So I do believe that, you know, Bosco Modern Day have better athletes across the board still um, in a lot of positions, um, you know. But uh, it was a great game for us in preparation for this type of game. You know, back to that St. Thomas Aquinas game, how how do you compare? Because we know St. Thomas is an elite football factory out in Fort Lauderdale. St. John Bosco, elite football factory out here in Bellflower, California. How does St. Thomas compare on film to to my, to uh, excuse me, St. John Bosco? Um, like I said, pretty even. Um, outside of quarterback, Bosco has the edge hugely. I would say in that in that factor in that way. Um, you know, I thought uh, St. Thomas Clintus had some pretty good uh, playmakers at receivers. The same, obviously, with uh, Bosco having four power five receivers. <laughs> um, and, and then I say line, probably pretty even. I thought line play from from uh, Bosco and St. Thomas is pretty even across the board. Um, you know, so to me, I, I would say kind of looking at that, you know, from an offensive standpoint, um, like I said, the quarterback factor definitely is going to play big into this. And then, uh, 
Um, looking across the board on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, obviously I know more of the kids from the West Coast, like watching film of the other kids, like uh, from the film we had walking into the game, um, like half of those kids weren't even on film from the year before because they were probably, uh, probably on JV. <laughs> yeah. Um, so being able to like, like I said, like looking, thinking back to when we played them on defense and thinking and watching film on Bosco now as far as defense goes, um, I would say Bosco for sure takes, takes it in as far as the linebacker play. Bosco's linebackers, I would say, are better than theirs. Um, you know, with us being a, you know, predominantly running team for years, you know, uh, that's something where we definitely look at. But, um, you know, I would say that's kind of comparing the two. I would say that's where the, the more of the strength lies is in the quarterback and linebacker position. Um, oh, and also, I would say, I mean, it's hard to say, say this, but I mean, um, St. Thomas Aquinas, I mean, they had a kid coming off the edge that's going to be playing on Sundays. I mean, he was he was super special. Um, Derek Wingo. Uh, yeah, he was a boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, he, and like I said, I, um, and like I said, not talking down to any of their players, but I don't. They don't have a guy, a guy like him. Sure, sure. So you you mentioned you know watching film, right? Everybody's watching film. Everybody's trying to get prepared. You guys have had a special guest watching film with your team and coaches in preparation these last two weeks for St. John Bosco. Talk about. Bob, the legendary coach Bob Lattisor and his influence um, when watching film with the staff and with the team. I mean, so Coach Lad, I mean, he, he's been around the program, um, you know, this year, maybe not as much as years past, but I mean, he's around, you know, quite a bit and we, we talk to him quite a bit still um, and, and, and you and lean on his knowledge, you know, when necessary. Um, but I mean, I think everybody would agree. I mean, when Coach Ladd talks, everybody listens. I mean, he's seen so much, been through so much and was so good at what he did that, I mean, you'd be stupid not to. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, this is definitely the type of game where, you know, um, he has uh, more interest in, you know, and, and he, he's been around. And like I said, when he talks, we listen. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. Coach Ladd, a legendary figure, not just in high school sports, just foot, you know, Sports in general, I think if you go to any genre in any arena across the country, and you mentioned Bob Lattice's name and De La Salle's 151-game win streak, I think people know and understand the type of impact he's had on the game and just sports in general. But let's talk a little bit about St. John Bosco. Coach Ladd has watched him on tape, the coaches, including yourself, the team. What do you see from St. John? What's going to be the most challenging thing in this game for De La Salle? Versus St. John Bosco. Um, I would say honestly, the probably the most challenging thing is going to be for us is is minimizing big plays. Um, like I said, with the skills that they have and the runners they have, I mean their offense is super dynamic. I mean they got three guys that can run. They got um, you know, like I said, they're the receiving core, the quarterback. I mean they're super dynamic on that side of the ball. So minimizing um, explosive plays. That's going to be, I think, the main factor, um, keeping the keeping the score controllable. I mean, most years we go on the state, we're looking at hopefully holding them to 21-28 to, to have a chance at the end. Um, and then for us on the offensive side of the ball, again, is we can't turn the ball over, period. Right. So, you know, minimizing mistakes on offense and also limiting explosive plays on defense. In recent history of St. John Bosco, Teams that who have given them trouble are teams who have been able to put pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Who 
from that De La Salle defense has the, the talent and ability and the hunger to play in the backfield um, uh, of the Braves come the state championship game? Um, I, I would say, I mean, honestly, like when I said that our D-line was a whole group, I mean, they've been really good in, in that factor all year. I mean, you know, we got, uh, you know, Rowe, you know, who plays in the middle with Tati, you know, and they're both first. I mean, our whole D-line was first-team all-league, you know, first-team all-area up here, you know, like, so, like I said, I mean, all of them have shown the ability to play in the backfield, you know, Crespi off the edge, C-Strand off the edge, and so that's why I was saying, like, them as a one, you know, on our defense, they all have to play, do their job, and, and I agree with you. I mean, we have to make the quarterback feel uncomfortable. You know, he can't sit back there and feel comfortable. Um, and that's when I've seen him also have Aaron throws and make mistakes, you know, when he's been under duress or someone's grabbing on him because he's still looking downfield. I mean, he'll run, but he's looking downfield. He wants, he wants to throw the ball. He's a true pocket, you know, true pocket quarterback. So, um, but I would say out of all those dudes, I think Tossie probably is going to, uh, Chad Tossie, number 57, will probably present, um, the, the biggest challenge for the O line, you know, with his strength and speed combination in the inside. Let's wrap this thing up, Nate, because I don't want to hold you. But if you had to, if you had to create a perfect situation for De La Salle to come down to Southern California and to upset St. John Bosco, the number one ranked team in the country, how is that going to be done? Perfect situation is um, we don't turn the ball over. We're able to pick up first downs. We got to convert on third down. Period. You know, on offense. Um, and then from a defensive standpoint, like I said, we got to minimize the amount of times they get into the end zone. So I feel like if we can hold them to 21 to 28 points, I feel like that'll set up the upset scenario. There it is. There you have it right there. Mr. Nate Kenyon, defensive backs coach over at De La Salle High School. The Spartans coming down to Southern California to take another shot at a national powerhouse Southern California program as the Spartans visit Cerritos College to take on the St. John Bosco Braves, the number one ranked St. John Bosco Braves. A terrific opportunity for De La Salle to come out here and play in front of a national audience. And it should be a great game Coach, good luck to you and your preparation. Good luck to the boys as you guys travel down south in this enormous matchup. And I hope hope everybody comes out healthy. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me again and hope to see you at the game. No doubt about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Nate Kenyon, defensive backs coach De La Salle as the Spartans travel to SoCal. We appreciate him for joining us on The Transparent Truth. Thank you all for joining me here on today's show. We'll see you next week. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.